0: Hi, I'm Chris J. And
1: I'm Sarah Abair, and you are listening to a very special episode of the All Y'all Podcast. All Y'all is a live storytelling event series and podcast that Chris and I produce independently right here in this little like bedroom slash studio in Shreveport, Louisiana.
0: And this is our 50th episode, so we've got a special podcast-exclusive interview for you and some wonderful news to share about our upcoming live events.
1: 50 episodes. This is where we would have an air horn like, wah, wah.
0: 50 episodes, (laughs) y'all.
1: And first off, we have some big news. All Y'all is now presented by a new title sponsor. We're so excited about this sponsor. It's Maryland's Place Restaurant. And chances are, if you're from anywhere near Shreveport, you already know about this awesome Cajun and Creole eatery located at 4041 Fern Avenue in Shreveport.
0: But if you've just gotten out of prison or awoken from a lengthy coma, or perhaps you recently renounced the priesthood, let me tell you about Maryland's Place. This is the place that you need to go to for great food cheap drinks and good times the best way to keep up with their nightly specials is to give them a like on facebook
1: i've seen a priest at Marilyn's place on sunday I don't know, but I've seen, I've seen a man with a collar. Okay. Maybe he was just
0: pretending to be Yeah, a maybe he was doing some reconnaissance.
1: <laughs> um, we love Maryland's Place, obviously, and we couldn't be happier to have them aboard as our sponsor for this upcoming season of podcasts and live events.
0: So thank you to Baz, Elise, Althea, Buck, and everyone at Maryland's. For all of the bottomless mimosas on Sunday afternoons, the fried catfish-induced naps, the powdered sugar-covered clothes, and everything else that you bring into our lives and the lives of so many other folks, whether they're locals or they're just passing through, we love you, Maryland's Place, and thank you.
1: And while we're making big announcement, I guess now's as good a time as any to share the news that Red River Brewing Company has been kind enough to sponsor live music for all of the performances at our upcoming live storytelling events, including our annual fundraiser event, which will be held actually at Red River Brewing Company later this year.
0: So mark your calendars for Sunday, November 4th, 2018. And make plans to join us for our first ever brunch storytelling event, which will raise funds for an outstanding cause that we'll be announcing soon.
1: Cheers to Red River Brewing Company for supporting all y'all and live music. Without further ado, here's episode number 50. (laughs) Thanks for listening.
0: I like your air horn. What's the first thing that pops into your mind when you hear the words professional wrestling?
1: Chances are pretty good that your image of pro wrestling comes from characters like Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker, or Stone Cold Steve Austin. These superstar wrestlers are household names adored by generations of fans around the globe.
0: But there's an entire circuit made up of independent wrestling leagues that crisscross the country, performing in high school gymnasiums and VFW halls. When I was a kid, my brother and I would go see pro wrestling at the Spring Hill Civic Center a couple of times every year. These weren't the famous wrestlers that we'd see on TV, but they were there. They were in the flesh in our little town. And for a few bucks, we could sit close enough to practically feel every slap to the chest and every boot to the face.
1: North Louisiana is still a regular stop on the tour circuit of one popular independent wrestling league, Main Event Pro Wrestling. And one of Main Event's biggest stars was born and raised in Shreveport, Louisiana. Maybe we should let him introduce himself because he's got a lot of experience doing it and he's pretty good at it.
2: Magically delicious Big Daddy Yum Yum, 265 gallons of pure milk chocolate. And I'm going to drown somebody tonight in that milk chocolate in the center of that ring.
0: We caught up with Big Daddy Yum Yum, also known as Shreveport native Byron Wilcott, about an hour before his recent wrestling match at the Huntington High School Gymnasium in Shreveport. He explained how he discovered his love of wrestling and how a series of mentorships helped him break into the pro wrestling industry. So, Byron, you you with, you grew up here, didn't you?
2: I did. I grew up here. I uh, grew up in Queensboro. later moved to Timberline. I went to Claiborne Elementary Magnet School, Yuri uh, Drive, and then graduated from C. Burt. Went to college at uh, Louisiana Tech right down the road.
0: Was it in Shreveport where you where you learned to love professional wrestling?
2: Yeah, between Shreveport and my grandmother's house in Ringgold, uh, she lived at a uh, nexus point where she got three different wrestling stations. So I was able to watch wrestling every morning, uh, three times during the day. So I just loved the wrestling, gravitated towards it. I saw Sting lose to Ric Flair, and when he when he lost the Four Horsemen helped Ric Flair beat him, and I was like, oh, you know what, I got to be a pro wrestler so I can help Sting. Sting needs some help, and I'm the only one that can help him, because obviously the other guys aren't good enough. So that's how I kind of got into wrestling.
1: How it's, old were you?
2: Uh, when I first started watching wrestling, like four, yeah, about four or five.
0: What, was there like I like, I don't
2: even think I was in school, because I'd stay with my grandmother during the day sometimes while my mom would go to work.
0: Was there a moment when, when you realized, like, you're not just a fan, this is what you want to do?
2: Like, uh, like, I always liked wrestling. I always kind of wanted to do it in the back of my head, but they were so big and it was so grandiose and so far off that um, it wasn't something that I really believed was approachable until they did this television show on, on MTV called Tough Enough. And once I saw that and I saw the guys that were on there, I was like, well, if they can do it, I know I can do it. So um, that's kind of how I started my journey into getting into wrestling. I snuck into a WWE show. I promptly got kicked out. As I was getting out of the, leaving out of, the, being escorted out of the uh, Coliseum, uh, a limo pulls up. And out, out of the limo, most handsome man ever, he had the tan, he had the platinum blonde hair, Ric Flair jumped out of that limo. And I was like, oh my God, it's Ric Flair, you're the greatest nature boy. And he said, I know, kid, and pushed me in the head and kept walking into the building. And I was like, oh my God, that is just what Ric Flair would do. And so... um. The second person who got out of the limo was Triple H. Uh, I Talked to him for about 10 minutes. He told me how to go about getting into wrestling, what to look out for, and um, what all I should be doing. And so, like, a lot of me doing what I do comes from, and doing what I do as quickly as I did comes from meeting him, him taking the time out to talk to me.
1: Do you remember some of the advice that Triple H gave you?
2: Well, he told me finish college. He, like, he, he thought it was impressive. That I was in college. I was studying aviation uh, management. He was like, finish your degree. Uh, once you finish, uh, look for somebody that wrestles, uh, that trains people. But go to somebody reputable. If you haven't seen them on television, if you haven't seen something awesome that they're doing, or you can't look them up and Google them, don't go to them. And so that's kind of how I ended up going to Dr. Def Steve Williams. And later I went to Rodney Mack and Jazz and trained with them. And so, Dr. Steve Williams is a world champion in Japan. Uh, Rodney Mack worked for WWE. His wife, Jazz, was a two-time WWE Women's Champion. And so that's kind of how like, being under their tutelage kind of put me on the fast track.
0: Wasn't Dr. Death also connected to this region? In some yeah, years? yeah, he's
2: from Colorado, I believe. But he ended up settling and staying here in Shreveport. He had a house in, I think, uh, Benton. I believe a- amazing. I don't think most people know or yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, he, he had a son and a daughter, Stormy and uh, Wyndham, and they both lived here.
1: At only 34 years old, Byron has wrestled all over the globe. One thing that makes it so much fun to talk to him is just how obvious it is that he's a keen observer of culture. And his unique vantage point from the center of a wrestling ring brings the differences in global audiences into stark contrast.
2: Uh, let's see, I've been to England, France, Germany, Mexico, Canada, uh, Japan. So I got to hit Australia, Africa and South America and I'll be a world traveler.
1: So what's the biggest difference between wrestling in, say like Japan versus here?
2: Um, the crowd is very respectful. They're very quiet and they, they enjoy, the, they enjoy the, the, the theatrics of it. They want to be scared. They, they like here, if you do stuff, you'll get sued or you get the cops called on you. But there, you can spit water on the fans, you can push the fans, and they take it as a badge of honor. Like, if you touch them, oh, you just made their day. So, it's kind of really crazy. But they want, they they thrive for the interaction with you. Um, But usually they're going to be very quiet. And once you uh, do a great spot, they'll start clapping, and then they'll go back to being quiet. Um, But if you really uh, get them going, they'll start yelling, and they want that interact, that personal interaction.
1: Do you remember, like, the first time you interacted? So it's more
2: free. You got a lot more freedom there.
1: Yeah. Like, do you remember the first time that you interacted with someone you were like, yeah, you were like, this is what wrestling in Japan is like?
2: Yeah, like uh, I met a mob boss while I was there. Um, yeah, a triad boss. So I'm wrestling my match, and I'm big. Compared to them, I am big. And so I'm wrestling this dude. He's their heavyweight champion. I'm dominating him. I throw him out of the ring, and then I throw him into the barricade right next to him, and the barricade moves. And then I run over and I'm like, ah, get out of here. And they all moved except for this one guy. He never moved. He had a little stogie in his, uh, in his hand and he never moved. And um, I was just surprised that he didn't move. And so when I got back there, uh, the, uh, the, the boss, uh, the manager, he told me, he was like, yeah, he's not scared of you. I was like, oh, why not? Uh, well, he works for the, the uh, Yakuza. So he's like, that whole front row, those were his guests. And I was like, "Oh wow!" He's like, "But you did a good job because he feels special now. You scared his guests." So I'm like, "All right." And I later went to dinner with the guy. You know, I went to dinner with the with the Yakuza. Uh, yeah, so I just have to recap
1: so cool. that you went to dinner. I with went the to dinner
2: y- with the Yakuza. It was pretty sweet. Was, I, I were, didn't have to buy any, anything. Everything was paid for. It was awesome. The mob, baby.
0: <laughs> do you mind about I? The mob
2: in wrestling, done? man, is, is literally the mobs almost at every show. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there. I, I have so many questions. What's up?
1: So dinner with the mom. Dinner, dinner with, the, with mom. the Yakuza. How long did it last? What did you guys eat?
2: Oh, we ate a little bit of everything. He gave us, I, I did it twice, actually. The first time, uh, it was like a big potluck, so everybody was in a round table, take shoes off, chill out, and they, you can, like, basically, uh, you don't fix your own food. So they stir, the ladies are stirring your pot, stirring everything. It's basically some kind of soup. So they're putting meat and cabbage in there. It cooks at your table, and then you take it out. And so we had beer and alcohol and food, and then they brought some food, and then they had like a platter. And the platter was neat because it was, like say it was prawn, shrimp, but the shrimp weren't like we, like, you know, we have shrimp and they're fried and it's just the little meat. It's the whole head right there looking at you, you know, with the little hands and stuff. And so same way with the fish. So they'll cut the fish and they'll cut it half off so it's, the, the spine is exposed and the flesh is behind it, but it has a full head. And so that's de- it's like decorated, like in- crazily decorated. But you're like, that's a fish head. Um, but tastes good, you know, so you just take the fish and turn it over, eat the meat off of it. But um, while I was there, I ate a barbecue horse, I ate an ostrich egg, uh, what else, uh, a whole bunch of stuff.
0: Another thing about Byron that you should probably know is that he's a really good looking guy. And when an enormous half naked Big Daddy Yum Yum walks into the room, usually with a title belt thrown over his shoulder, it's kind of hard to look at anyone else. And honestly, it seems like the Big Daddy Yum Yum persona is the part of Byron that knows he's sexy. He's a really masculine dude, but being Big Daddy Yum Yum allows him to say things like, I'm yummy with a straight face. Do you mind if I ask about about your characters, about your, your – I, I don't know if that's the right – I want to be respectful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is character no. the right word? Yeah, yeah, that's the right word. So is Big Daddy Yum Yum, is, that a, is he a real part of Byron Wilcott? How did you create Big Daddy Yum Yum? I
2: mean, he is, but, you know, it's just me, just being me myself. You know, I'm good looking. I'm 6'5". I got great hair. Um, I'm delicious. I'm yummy. So um, every guy likes it when a lady says, hey, Big Daddy. So I went from – Hey, Big Daddy, to Hey, Big Daddy Yum Yum. Or, Hey, Big Daddy, you look delicious. I look yummy, girl. So, that was how uh, Big Daddy Yum Yum came about.
1: Do you remember the first moment where you were like, I'm Big Daddy Yum Yum?
2: Uh, The first moment, I made a joke about it on Facebook. It wasn't really going to be a thing. I just thought it was funny. Uh, And so, I made a joke about it. You know, I went to get my hair done, and the lady told me uh, to come sit in her chair, Big Daddy Yum Yum. So, all the. All the ladies from now on can call me Big Daddy Yum Yum. And so the announcer announced me as Byron Wilcott, but all the ladies can call him Big Daddy Yum Yum. At that point, every dude in the thing just started up and started, Big Daddy Yum Yum, Big Daddy. And I was like, no, you're not allowed to call me Big Daddy. Only the ladies. Only the ladies. And so that's kind of – I was like, oh, I got something. If if a dude is willing to call another dude Big Daddy Yum Yum, you got something. You know? I was like, hey, Delicious. Nah, you don't – you don't usually do that.
0: But you don't have to change. You don't have to like step into Big Daddy Yum Yum before. I mean,
2: I, I amp it up. I have a little bit of character moments and do a few things to amp it up. But um, it's basically me turned up. Right.
1: What's your favorite Big Daddy Yum Yum outfit? Uh,
2: or, right. That's
1: probably not the right term. It's not outfit. It's like it,
2: I call it a. I call them smanties. They're sexy man panties that I wear, and I wear a vest as well. So um, you know my favorite like right now I'm wearing uh, chevrons you know and I thought that was pretty cool in ladies fashion so I took it put it in mind but I used to wear a uh, uh, cheetah print and that was pretty cool it'd be lime green with black and gold uh, cheetah print so that was pretty cool.
1: When we asked Byron about his plans for the future we expected to hear that he wanted to wrestle in the WWE or be an action figure and we didn't quite expect what he had to say next at all
0: What's your dream? Where do you want Big Daddy Yum Yum to
2: go? Oh, well, Big Daddy Yum Yum is going to do this wrestling, talk to the kids, help them, uh, try, to, try to get them to stop being bullies, respect one another. And eventually, Big Daddy Yum Yum is going to be the mayor of Streetport. Ollie Tyler, if you're still around, baby, I'm coming for your job, better watch it, better do good. Nah, Ollie Tyler is my principal. I love her.
0: That was the last place I
2: expected this to go. I was expecting a world championship. Like I met Cedric, Cedric Glover. Um, I was going to register my business and I was like getting on the elevator and Cedric Glover was getting on there. Oh, man, that's the mayor and he's big. He's bigger than me. And so I was like, hey, how you doing? He's like, hey, young man, what you doing here? And I told him what I was doing He's like, well, good. Keep up the good work. I was like, that is awesome. I was like, I'm going to be the mayor. I'm gonna be like Cedric Glover, be the mayor. We have the size. Yeah,
1: he, he's a friend of the podcast. I'm sure it would make oh, him awesome. feel really good to hear that. Yeah, I'm that, friends that.
2: with him on Facebook. I had him on Facebook, so For, I, I follow him and Cedric Jackson. Um, I follow everybody. If someone's got a
0: crazy dream and they they have they want to be something that it's hard to envision being when you come from Shreveport, Louisiana and not New York or Chicago or something like that. What would
2: you say to that person as far as I'm going to be honest, if when you tell somebody your dream and they don't laugh or they don't go, "ha, really, your dreams too small." You know, you got to have you ready. All right. You you got to have a um big dream. If you just tell people something regular like and they're like, oh, yeah, you can do that. Your dream's too small, man. You gotta, there's more to life that God has for you. There's more to life that you have power in yourself to, to, to create change. So, you know, when somebody, if somebody laughs at your dream, you're on the right track, you know?
0: Like so many Shreve Porters, Byron Wilcott is a living, breathing embodiment of the old saying that you can't judge a book by its cover, especially when that book is made up of 265 gallons of magically delicious pure milk
1: chocolate. That's a wrap for episode number 50, folks. If you've enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and help others discover all y'all. Chris and I want to say thank you to everyone who's helped us make it this far. It's really incredible that we've made it to 50.
0: And speaking of thank yous, we want to say thanks to Frank Pittenger, who provided some great audio support, music, and nice things for your ears in this episode. For our 50th episode, we wanted to do something a little different, you know, a little special. And Frank pitched in to make this something truly worthy of episode number 50.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Frank. We also want to thank our final sponsor for this episode, Williams Creative Group. Williams Creative Group is a marketing and public relations firm in Shreveport that can help you or your company tell your story through PR, advertising, and marketing. Learn more at williamscreativegroup.com.
0: If you'd like to hear more episodes of the All Y'all podcast, you can stream episodes at allyallblog.com or subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store, where we would love it if you would take a moment out and leave us a quick review.
1: We're also on Facebook at All Y'all. Just look for the Orange Circle. That's us. And on Twitter at All Y'all Podcast.
0: Also, just one last plug. I promise this is the last thing. But our other podcast, Stuffed and Busted, recently released a video about the hottest chicken wing sauce in Shreveport. And that video has been viewed almost 10,000 times in about 72 hours. It's been kind of nuts. If you haven't seen it and you need a laugh, consider heading over to the Stuffed and Busted Facebook page.
1: Thanks for everything, y'all.
0: So, uh, this, this is our dog, Wizzywig. Yeah, what do you know What work. do you think about episode 50?
1: It it smells good, apparently.
2: (laughs) Good boy.